to episode six of Of the Publishing Persuasion, a podcast for writers, from writers. And um, we are just so thrilled to have an amazing guest today. Um, we're so excited for this. Uh, Kyla is one of our great friends from Pitch Wars. And so it's just gonna be an amazing episode. But first, Melanie, how are you? Melanie Schubert, let me introduce you first. I didn't even get into introductions. Melanie Schubert, the Australian queen uh, with the amazing outfits always coming. She has the world famous, I forgot who they were. Kath and your- Kel. Kath and Kel. Kath and Kel from Kath and Kim. I can't believe yes. I haven't heard of them. They are iconic Australian I- humor. Or as, See, Kim and, would, or as yeah. Kath would say, Australian Yuma. <laughs> Yuma. So, okay, I'll have to look. It, are they like on Netflix? Yeah, they are. They <laughs> okay, are on okay. Netflix. It just, that's, I recently rewatched it, which is why I wound up getting earrings. Because once you rewatch it, it's one of those cult classic things that you just, it's like, gotcha. just kind of bogan, ridiculous humor. Like, <laughs> okay. you've got to be in the right mood for it, but. It was the perfect thing to watch during lockdown. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah. good. We actually had an earthquake here two days ago, which wow. never happens. Yet, well, very rarely happens in Australia. This was like the biggest one we've had since the 50s. Wow. Yeah. That's, the whole apartment was shaking around. I had no idea what was happening. I was on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just got vaccinated on the weekend. And I was like, oh, the the like side effects are finally taking <laughs> as I'm sitting there on the toilet doing my business. And then it like just started escalating. And like, I've never experienced one of that magnitude. So I didn't, I was just like, is a giant truck rolling past? Is there like some new aircraft flying over? And then at some point you realize, no, literally everything is shaking around me. It's an earthquake. So I got off the toilet as quickly <laughs> as possible and I went and stood in the doorway. And then once it subsided, I got out into the park because I live in an old building and I was not oh. about to stay in here and learn that it was not structurally sound. <laughs> so- oh, no. Well, it sounds like you did the right thing because, yeah, yeah. that... Was it like a, it was a rattling or was it like a rolling kind of uh, earthquake? It, everything was rattling. Wow. But my parents said their house was swaying. So, so I guess, it yeah. just, and it was noisy. That's what surprised me that you could hear the earth rumbling. I've never felt experienced it like that before. Wow. But yeah, that, all safe it, here. Yeah. Only one of my Good. Funko Pops fell over. My uncle Iroh Funko fell over. <laughs> like we will rebuild rebuild. (laughs) other than that oh good just you know plotting away I've gotten back into writing the script for gobsmacked so very cool it did have a little bit of exciting something which you know which I can't like I don't want to say anything about it but it was just a nice little writer milestone moment for me so yeah how about you it's funny you say that because I just saw, I don't know if it was on Instagram, somebody put like, oh, I'm vaguely tweeting something or like something vaguely exciting. Yeah. And every time I see that, I'm always like, oh, yeah. like something's going to happen. Yay. You know, it's always that exciting moment. So yeah. I am, I am thrilled about your vagueness because um, <laughs> I know how that feels. It's just like, yeah. yeah. So. Yes. Small wins. We've got to celebrate them. 100% because you just like things are just wild and and hard and like you know yeah. writing just we go through these ups and downs so like when you have even the a little up like celebrate it hardcore get yeah. that champagne out whatever however you celebrate how have you been going getting any writing done no uh, honestly no I have not <laughs> I have not like this last week and a half um, I have not written anything and I, but I, I think I had a moment like a dream where, or kind of like where you're half asleep, you're half awake and it like a plot, a, like a plot point kind of like 
came through and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Kind of like why my character's acting this way. Um, so then I was like, oh shoot, like I have to go back to the beginning <laughs> and and tweak it because it won't make uh -huh. sense as I'm writing, you know, from now on. So I think I've been kind of dragging, like not necessarily super like amped to get back in because once I'm in, there's gonna be a, like a lot of little tweaks that I gotta do. Yeah. But um, but I'm having so much fun writing this new project and like and like it's thinking a fun about project. it. It's such yeah. a fun project. Yeah. So um, so yeah, that's just mentally I've been there, but I haven't physically been writing oh, anything. I, sometimes it's yeah. just like that, and I think like when you're like speed, like you were drafting really fast. And then when you do, I know that feeling when you like reach kind of a point and you realize you kind of messed something up, you mm -hmm. want to go back. And when you, once you've realized it, like a lot of people say, just draft, just get the draft out. But the thing is like, I don't completely, like I do agree with that to a point, but if it's something crucial that's going to change how the character moves through the rest of the book and you've worked out what you want to change, it's like, it makes sense to me to kind of stop and fix it. But that I find as well that when I do that, the whole thing slows down and it can be a while before I get back into that like speed drafting place, you know? Yeah. And that's where I'm at for sure. And I'm a pantser. I try to plot um, but every time I do, I just, I can't stay on the path. <laughs> I can't like, I plotted out an entire book and, um, I was the book I was supposed to like in my mind, I was supposed to be working on, but as I started writing, like a lot of the magic was gone because for me, a lot of the fun of writing is like finding my way through the story and like finding these little nuggets of, Oh, that's why. And so, um, so I'm a major pantser, but I'm trying to do better about it because I, I, I understand like plot point now <laughs> where when I first started writing, I did not and, um, like story structure. So like, I'm better, I'm better and save the cat saved my life. So I yeah. understand like Same. getting to that inciting incident and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I definitely like this project. It's kind of like a weird like hybrid project where Good. I know where I want it to go. Like I have the, um, like the outline in my head of like basically the beginning, middle and end. Um, and so I'm just pantsing through that. So it's been fun and different. And, um, but yeah, I definitely uh, had to go back and need to go back. And then I think once I do and kind of slow it down a little bit, um, then it's just going to take off because I wrote really fast and I basically got to like the ending scene and I'm like, uh, I'm like only maybe like halfway through the book. I'm like, uh, so yeah, yeah, I moved yeah. a little too fast. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah. I, I, like, I feel like hybrid is kind of perfect. That's kind of where I've moved towards now as well. And I feel like it's like that saying, learn the rules so you can break them like a pro mm. I feel mm -hmm. like I had to learn the structural stuff and I think that like the save the cat stuff it's it's like the skeleton I look at it like it's a skeleton that runs through my work but I also agree with you I find it a bit stifling to plan out everything and and when you do, I think your characters wind up doing stuff that isn't true to them. I mean, there are people who meticulously plan it out, but I think it can also go wrong when you over plan it and it can just become formulaic. Like I've certainly yeah. read stuff where I was like, oh, this is tedious. Like it, I don't know why, but I, I'm like something comes to mind, which I won't mention that I read a while back. <laughs> we won't shame the <laughs> author. I remember <laughs> reading it. I was so looking forward to it. And it just it was doing all the things. It was so voicey. It was like it had all the plot points and I was just exhausted reading it. I didn't get through it because I felt like it was overplanned. So I think, mm -hmm. I think it's like take it with a grain of salt, all that stuff. But if your characters are screaming for something, ultimately as long as it's like what's that Margaret Atwood, it always comes up in my Instagram feed, 
there's only one rule of writing hold my attention and Mm. like I honestly think that that's the crux of everything if people fall in love with your character they're going to want to go on the ride with them but having that kind of spinal structure through it tends to facilitate that yeah that base save the cash structure but yeah I think tangents are good yeah no for sure and um I I'm still like invested in like being character driven and so if I don't like quite get the character and like their backstory it's not gonna flow and so when I finally click like oh that's why he acts this way then I'm like perfect I can, I can carry it all the way through because I know in his past, this is what happened. That's why he feels this way. And so that's where like finally clicked and I'm like, okay, so now I have to change everything, <laughs> but it's great. So I feel like for me, I'm very like, save the cat meets big magic is like my writing. Yes. Story. Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank well, you. You can so use that <laughs> let's welcome on I've got our guest, Kyla, waiting to come on. So let's welcome her in. I cannot wait to yeah. talk to this amazing human. And she is so talented. Let me, can you want me to read her bio that yeah, I, I took from, I took part of it from her own author page. Yeah. And then I also have her market, our publisher's marketplace report, which is like the big razzle dazzle announcement of her amazing book. Dazzle um, baby, dazzle me. Yes. <laughs> So born and raised in Singapore, Kyla Zhao graduated in 2021 from Stanford University with an MA in communications and BA in psychology. Well, first of all, let's just stop there. Like what? (laughs) She's amazing. Uh, This year, she was a fashion and lifestyle writer at Vogue Singapore. While she does freelance writing for Vogue or still does freelance writing for Vogue, her day job is marketing at a tech company in Silicon Valley. Wow. She's just, some, I know, I know. So let me go down to, I know she just, first of all, like, I just feel like I need to bow down to Kyla <laughs> at all times. Like, yes. What? And she's amazing. And she even, I mean, she's just fantastic. Okay. So um, the psychology the thing makes sense though. That's why she's like got all these wisdom nuggets that she drops. Yes. Oh, 100%. I I just love her. I know. I love her. So, okay. Stanford University, 2021 alum and Vogue Singapore lifestyle and fashion writer, Kyla Zhao, The Fraud Squad, which is her book, pitched as Crazy Rich Asians meets The Devil Wears Prada, in which a woman, hold on, let me, let me, my old eyes are over (laughs) In which <laughs> my eyes went blurry for a second. I was like, wait, can I not read? Okay. In which a woman who dreams of having her own byline in a high society magazine enlists the help of. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> I am terrible. Um, society magazine enlists the help of a friend of friends to infiltrate the Singapore socialite scene but finds belonging to the elite set may mean losing herself in the process. Um, Yeah, so The Fraud Squad by Kyla is an absolute gem of a book. I'm halfway through and I just can't get enough of it. Like I I can't relate to the characters because there has never been a sentence where I am in high society um, fashionista level. (laughs) (laughs) but I love the world that she has made and created and I could live in it as a spectator always oh you're so glam you're so honestly you're glam in anything (laughs) (laughs) no but thank you oh here I'll show you how glam I was because I knew that Melanie was gonna come to this podcast looking fab and fierce and and just (laughs) just the whole time and I have a flannel on um because that's just how good I look so I, I have one of these yes the fascinator yeah the fascinator um my friend you and I bend went... close so I can see the bubbles yeah <laughs> so very posh of me yes I'm very posh um 
I, yeah, yeah, my friend and I went to a, uh, oh, what's it called? Downton Abbey. We went to a Downton oh, Abbey, yeah. um, like the one of the movie premier premieres. Um, so we wore these. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, thank you. Your glam prom girl. It's yeah. A new trend. <laughs> I'm just going to start wearing it everywhere I go. Uh, yeah, so we're so excited because Kyla is with us and she... Yeah is so talented and it has so much great advice on pitch wars and just writing and life in general. So we're excited to have Let's her. Let's get today. her on. Come there on. she is. Hi, wait, can you guys hear me? Hi. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. No, you're Hi. legit. Hi. You've got the real headset on. <laughs> yeah. You're way on top of the game here. You're good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but this is my office equipment, so putting it to good use. <laughs> All right, nice. I love it. Well, welcome okay. to our sixth sixth episode. I think so. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Thank you no, for coming on. We are excited. It, and I have to tell you because I have a 14-year-old and I was just kind of like telling her your bio on the car right here and I was like yeah we're gonna interview Kyla she's from Singapore you know she worked with for Vogue and freelancing and and you know she sold this amazing book and I was telling her about your book and she's like mom like are you cool enough to like talk to her and I'm like oh my um, god that is so flattering but also so not false like so false I mean I, mean, I do not feel cool at all I have no idea what I'm no you are so cool we think yeah. you guys cool. I, I flooded my bathroom like just last week and I don't have a bathroom right now like that's a real <laughs> issue so yeah wait can oh explain God. how what yeah. happened I, I don't even know what happened okay I don't know what happened but somehow water got everywhere and it went through the wall oh, no. so now we have to tear out all the cabinets we have to fix a drywall oh, no. it's I just hope insurance pulls through because yeah, this is not looking good. Oh my oh. gosh, I'm so no. sorry. Yeah, but it is well. what it is. I mean, this is my first year like being a proper adult. I'm not even sure if I'm doing it right <laughs> or if there's even a right way. There so. isn't. I don't, I honestly, I don't think there's a right way to adult. I think you just get through. Anyway. Yeah, but honestly, I feel like such an imposter sometimes, like, because I'm writing adult fiction, like the Fraud Squad is an adult fiction book, but I read <laughs> YA, I don't, I feel like a kid. I'm like, what do I even know about adults? Like nothing. I'm a fraud. <laughs> I am the fraud. I feel like yeah. that never changes, honestly. Like, the older I get, and I feel like all the coolest people I know feel like that until the day they die. <laughs> like, that they okay, that is reassuring. Feel like, for me, it's not so much a case of being an adult. It's like every now and then I have like one moment in time where I'm like, Yeah, I adulted. <laughs> and other than that, yeah. I pretty much feel young adult <laughs> probably forever. <laughs> Young at heart, it's a Peter Pan syndrome, I swear. Oh, 100%. Like, sometimes I'm like, how do I even, like, have children right now? Like, I should not be anywhere, uh, well, I was I'm not anywhere near kids, but I'm just saying, like, I, that sounded wrong. I'm just saying it's, life is tricky. Being a, an adult is freaking hard. And, and But really you know is. what, like, you can use that um, flooding bathroom situation in your next book. You can just turn it into gold. <laughs> yeah, no, that is what I'm telling myself. Because right now, like, I'm writing an editorial about a dating app. And I'm, like, forcing myself to go on all these dates. And I'm not, like, the most, like, sociable person. I'm just telling myself, it's okay even if I don't enjoy it. It's going to be a fun story. And it's going to be good character inspiration for my next book. So why not? Oh my gosh. That is that right there is yeah, cool. That you can tell us about. This sounds so fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I can say because the article isn't out yet, but yeah, uh, online <laughs> online dating, man, like that's so weird. I it did give me an idea to write about like an online dating app story, but I realized that a lot of writers out there have already done it. And I'm not sure if I can add, add anything new to that domain. So yeah, maybe not. I feel like wow. people always love to hear about this though. Like my favorite thing is to hear about the weird Tinder dates. <laughs> it's just like, it's Guys, I have so many weird stories. I mean, Jesus, the <laughs> people here. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, because and you're in like Northern California, right? I mean, yeah, or Bay like, Area. I mean, yeah, Silicon Valley. So I told myself that I was not going to swipe right on anyone who works in tech. And then I realized that was 90% of the dating pool. I was like, yeah. wow, I am playing myself here. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, I can only imagine like Silicon Valley guys are probably a whole different breed of people. So yeah, it's gonna <laughs> so be really fun. funny. Yeah, it's gonna be really funny if I meet my husband and then he watches this video and he's like, "Wow, you're on dating apps, cool." <laughs> I, I hope you do. I hope you do from the dating apps. I think that'd be even why better. not? That would be like great endorsement for the app I'm writing about. Yeah, totally. I feel like this is a another book to be written. For sure. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. I, I think love so. your articles. So how did you get into that writing for Vogue Singapore? Yeah, so it actually began when I was 16. I'm 23 now, but when I was 16, I was actually um, interning for another magazine called Harper's Bazaar. It's also like a fashion women's luxury magazine. And I remember it was so weird because I was only 16. Like I haven't had a boyfriend then. I haven't even had my first kiss. But my very first article was about weddings. I was telling Bryce what to do. And I was like, I don't think my editor even knows how young I am. I don't think he should be <laughs> trusting me to give Bryce to be advice. But yeah, I wrote it. It was published. Amazing. And then I started working at a few different magazines. And then that kind of gave me the inspiration for The Fraud Squad because my main character, Samantha, she wants to write for a fashion magazine, like Singapore's snobbiest, poshest society magazine. But she doesn't have the background for that. And so she basically commits a fraud, so to speak, to try to sneak into high society, impress the editor, and get her dream job. Yeah. I love it. I, I'm halfway through the fraud squad right now and I'm having a hard time like putting it down and because it's just so like I'm not a part of that world in any way like high society and obviously like Singapore life like nightlife. I love it so so much. I, oh, I thank love you. I honestly love getting a view into other like cultures and worlds and this is just this like beautiful blend and I love the comps which is Devil Devil Wears Prada and um, Crazy Rich, Rich Asians mm -hmm. which I adore and so those comp titles are so perfect for this book and it's just this amazing world that I can obviously I can't live in but I can read it. <laughs> Yeah, and it, you you write it so well, and I just Thank love you. I love these characters so hard that I'm already like ready for the movie. I'm like, let's just have it now. I'm ready. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Thank you so much. That is super flattering. That's yeah. the total well, vibe that I get from. There's just a few of well, I mean, most of our class. I'm just like, when are Netflix making this into a movie? It's just wow. Yeah. I mean, manifesting for that to happen. Totally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have a candle going and it says manifest that shit that. Um, oh, I love that. Me, so I'm manifesting Wait, I for that. you. Oh my gosh. Okay. I kind of want to send all my friends that now and also like buy a dozen for myself. Right. Yeah. I'll send yeah. you where it's from. Um, yeah. Just Melanie give me the link later and I'll order one for myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, I light it every time I write and I'm just like. Let's go. Like, I'm manifesting this book into life right now. Yeah, positive vibes only. Like, there's only, yes. what, 99 days left of 2021. I think yesterday was, oh like, the 100th day countdown. And I'm like, how did time pass so fast? Yeah. But, yeah. I wow. I have no idea. This time <laughs> last happened. year, we were all applying to pitch wars. Yeah. So, yes. Crazy. Is How crazy is that? And now, crazy. Mel and I have a podcast. We have you on. You've sold an amazing book. Like, what a wild year yeah now that you mention it yes yeah, so, so for our was... listeners who aren't from our class Kyla was another member of our amazing pitch wars 2020 yeah. class and I just feel like I feel like all of us we kind of like went through the fire of getting into something as intense as pitch wars Oh my God, absolutely. At the start of the pandemic when everything was so overwhelming and nobody knew what was going on. And then on top of that, you have this like moment in your writing career that you've been like waiting for. <laughs> There's so much pressure. So tell us how that was for you. Yeah, like pitch walls, like the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, so I actually found out about Pitch Walls like pretty late. I think I found out when I joined Twitter in September and I only found out like maybe a week before the submissions closed or something. So mm. didn't really know what I was doing, but sent it in anyway, got a few full requests. And yeah, at a point in time, I mean, The Fraud Squad was my first book. It was also the only book I've ever written when I entered Pitch Walls. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't really know what Pitch Walls was about. I didn't know what a like a big deal it was then which in hindsight is a good thing because if I had known how hard it would be I might not even have entered and if I had known about like the numbers like I think there were what 4,000 submissions our year and only maybe a hundred mentees yeah so yeah. if I had known how hard it would be I might not even have dared to try but yeah so I'm so glad I did it yeah. and yeah like you guys said it was just the most intense experience and I think something a lot of people didn't know is that I didn't actually participate in a showcase because I couldn't finish my revisions in time. And I think this is something not a lot of people talk about, yeah. but which, you know, I'm happy to talk more about it and share about my experience. So a lot of people end up pitch balls for the Asian showcase because they think that it's like a shortcut to getting an agent and that's something a lot of writers want. And that was something I wanted as well. But I think it became pretty clear to my mentor and I in like January that I had to do like a major overhaul. So what happened was, and it's actually so funny in hindsight, my book is it's like um like light-hearted escapist fiction so i was revising it but at the same time i was reading the poppy war by rf Kuang. Mm. i don't know if you guys have heard of it yeah it, yes yeah it's like one of the darkest stories you, you could possibly imagine so i was reading it as i was writing it and i didn't even realize at the time but it totally influenced the way i was thinking and my writing became so dark and my character became so dark and my mentor read my first round of revisions and she's like, Kyla, like your character, she's just not that <laughs> likable anymore. I was like, what? Wow. So I read it and I was like, Shh, she's right. Sorry, I almost cussed out there. I don't know if you can do cuss. that. It's safe space. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. And I was like, shit, she's right. Like my character is so dark. I don't even want to read it anymore. So yeah, so I had to overhaul my entire revision, basically start rewriting the whole thing from scratch in like mid-January. And by then, there was only like, what, one month left of the showcase. But if I remember correctly, we have to get all our materials ready by like the start of February. So I had two weeks and I just knew for sure that it wasn't going to happen. But you know, it was really hard because everyone was getting so excited for the showcase and just felt like this was supposed to be the shining moment. You know what I mean? And we're all supposed to go through it as a class. We we're supposed to see the request come in. We we're all supposed to freak out together. And I had like major fear of missing out. And like, I remember over the showcase, I think it was a weekend. I'm not sure. It was like three days. And I was like trying to be supportive in the Discord group. But yeah, it was hard. Just feeling like I was on the sidelines. I couldn't really understand what people were feeling. So yeah, that was actually um, a pretty difficult point in I think my pitch was journey. And it's funny that it comes towards the end. So yeah. 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 No, I remember I I forgot that you hadn't participated. Yeah. Now I remember. But um and I remember you like kind of announcing it in the Discord group and and you know to to people who apply to pitch wars like the showcase is this like huge deal. Um you know, it's that time where you showcase this little blurb, but in in reality and even for me, like I, I did well in the showcase. It was this really exciting experience, but I didn't end up getting an agent from the showcase. And, um, and so I think like you holding back and knowing it's not, I'm not ready. Like it's not the time was the exact right thing to be doing. And you following your gut and your like mentor's advice was like, I mean, like good job because mm -hmm. if it was if it would have been me like at that time I probably would have just done it even if I wasn't ready because of like all the pressure of pitch yeah. wars you know you're just thinking well well everybody's doing it like let me just get in there right and, but but you listened to your instincts yeah. and it obviously it served you well so that like, was congratulations. total adulting total adulting right there making that that is a hard delayed gratification delay. right yeah yeah yeah, no, I'm really grateful to my mentor in hindsight for like holding me back because I was like, I really wanted to charge like full steam ahead, but she was like, no, you got to be patient. But also eyes on your own page. Don't compare yourself to the other mentees. You don't have to be at the same pace as them. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone, you know, like I signed my agent later than 
some other mentees did. Some people sold earlier than I did. Some people sold later than I did. It really just fluctuates so wildly. So yeah, there's That's no so one straight path to writing success, whatever success means. No, so, that's uh, absolutely true. Yeah. And I think it's so easy for us to compare, you know, yourself to people in your class or who are just in the same like writing area or like mm-hmm. journey as you, cause you know, it's, you see so many success stories. People are just like, you know, like going right up and selling books and doing all these amazing things. And, and it's so true. Like you have to pull back and not, it's not a comparison game. Like it's, it's not, not even, it's not the same game. Like we're in the like, same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, not, it's um, your own journey. Exactly. You know Comparison's a thief of joy. Yes. That's what I always tell myself. Totally. You took the words out of my mouth. I try to tell myself all the time because as soon as you start comparing to other people, it really yeah. does feel your joy when you're on your own journey. And that's even like, reflecting back just the like stressing out about wanting an mm-hmm. agent it like cancels out the I got into pitch wars and how major yeah. like thinking back to like the me of the year before and being like this huge thing this competitive thing how hard it's to get in it's like For trying sure. to celebrate those moments instead of always looking forward to who has something more who has gone further right. it's not yeah no I totally get that. And I think it's scary how fast your goalposts can shift. Like, I remember after I got, at first, like, like once I started writing, I was like, you know, I would give anything just to get an agent. But then when you get your first agent offer, you're like, is this agent good enough? And then, you know, you go on sub and then you're like, just give me any deal. And then when you get a deal, you're like, why isn't my advance as big as that other person? And then once you actually accept the offer, you're like, wait, why am I not getting as much marketing as this other order at the same imprint is there's just no way to win like yeah and I think one thing I'm trying to remind myself is also not compare who I am now with who I was in the past like there are times when I fall into writing ruts I'm like why can't I write as freely as I was able to just a few months ago but you know like things change life change circumstances change and that's just something we have to accept Mm, dang that's some good advice I I only wish I could take my own advice like all the time but no but I'm trying to get better about it that's such good advice it's so true like and and I it's so true like just taking the time to just celebrate you for who you are right at this moment Mm -hmm. like all the things you've learned and gone through that you're just like no this is exactly where I'm at like this is where I need to be and each journey, like each step, you're learning so much and you're only going to get better. Each story is going to be told differently. That's and I so think true. that that's what I love so much about writing is like, I remember the first book I wrote compared to um, Sinner's Isle, like they were night and day and I'm, you know, working on a new book and, and learning the tricks that I learned through like pitch wars or just yeah. writing and just life. I think each step, just brings you to a higher level and I think finding that like joy in that like little pocket you're in is just so Mm -hmm. key I love that absolutely I'm gonna write that down that you you know what (laughs) it's like in my meditations this week I'm doing a Chopra and Oprah 21 days of gratitude and she said in the last one I'm sure it's someone else's quote she's like you can either live every day as if everything is a miracle or as if nothing is And I think it ties right into that mindset of like being Mm -hmm. in the moment and just like being grateful for whatever's happening now instead of just like, well, I didn't get this. Well, I didn't get that. Well, this isn't happening now. And I think that gets you nowhere anyway. And that's yeah, it really doesn't. Once you start celebrating, and I that's what I love about our community so much. We all celebrate each other's success so like Mm -hmm. joyously. It's just such a delight to be part of. You know, it's, it's like so opposite to my earlier experiences with writing groups and stuff where mm-hmm. people have this real like scarcity mindset and they're like competitive mm-hmm. with each other. Man, I did some scary writing courses earlier on. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like, I'm pretty nice to everyone I meet, but I actually like blocked my group chat from ages ago <laughs> from a writing group. Cause I was just like, I just 
I think I'm going to stop writing if I interact with these yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, you want to surround yourself with positive people, honestly. Because one thing I really love, like one quote I really love is that you are made up of like the people you hang out with the most. So yeah, you definitely mm. want to surround yourself with like good energy, people who are like positive and always looking up and not looking down. Well said. Well Another said. good quote. So, <laughs> so after Pitch Wars was finished and like you went into like you continued re- your revisions and mm-hmm. then did you go like right into querying? Did you already have agents in mind? Uh, what was that process for you? Yeah, so it was funny because actually during the showcase weekend, two agents like slid into my my dms on twitter and they were like oh. hey like i've been looking out for your book and i don't even know how they heard of my book i've been looking out for your book but i don't see that you're participating in the showcase like what's up and i just explained the situation to them and they were like okay you know we would love to see it once it's ready send it our way and i think i was aiming to get my book done by the march 4th pit mad yeah so i finished it then and i decided to participate in pit mad and i think i got a really good response and then i just um, didn't really do much research into the agents I wanted to query because I don't know why because I'm on Twitter a lot so I feel like most of my research comes from Twitter but mm. the only people I really hear about on Twitter are like the YA agents I don't really hear that much about adult fiction agents or even editors so I pretty much just queried um, whoever liked my pitmat pitch and also the two agents who like DM'd me so I sent out my queries and I think within two days I got my first offer and then things wow. started rolling from there. So, yeah. So, within two days of querying, you had a full offer? Or yeah. an offer? Like, yeah, she wanted to <laughs> That's call. amazing! Yeah, That's so, so yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah it was so like an your... roller coaster. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. Like, that's crazy. So, you got, did you hop on the call? And how mm-hmm. did that go for you? Yeah, it went really well. I think... I mean, the first person I told was my pitch was mentor and she was about to fall asleep. But then she like, she jumped onto the Zoom call with me immediately. And I remember I was in Singapore then. So there was a whole time zone difference. So like having to factor that into like all my Asian calls got like a bit like tricky at some points. I remember I was staying up pretty late on some days. But yeah, no, like all worth it. That is so cool. And it was a killer deal as I heard. So many... A thousand congratulations. And Thank you. So stoked for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. That book, it's honestly, it's going places. When, when is it coming out? What year again? So it's technically fall 2022, but it's okay. actually January 2023, but it's considered as fall. And I have no idea how publishing seasons work, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's strange, but okay. <laughs> but I guess... We'll just go with it. With publishing, yeah. it sounds like you just go. You just you go honestly with it. Have you honestly have to. <laughs> if you think too hard about it, your brain will break. So, yeah. <laughs> oh God, I, honestly, I think that's good advice too. Is like, just don't think too hard into things. Just let it go. Just accept it. And yeah. Wow. That's so wild. Flow. So tell us a bit about like your, for our listeners, like your writing process. What's mm-hmm. kind of like your strength or your favorite part and kind of like the part you struggle with or any tips you have yeah so let me think about that so when I wrote the fraud squad I was like a diehard pencer I did not outline it at all and that created a lot of problems for me because and that's why revisions were so hard because there were just so many little plot holes I had to fix and you know like if you've changed something in the beginning that has like repercussions way downstream so yeah my writing process I like, I think I write better in the evenings, like starting from 5 p.m. And I'm more of a night owl. So I just like do it. And I'm very casual about it. I just kind of like lie on my bed with my computer on my stomach. And I just like type away. It's all very like lazy. Honestly. I love that image. I mean, I wish my parents felt the same way. But every time they come into my room, they are like, you have to sit up. Like, this is so bad for I your just back. just like one of those perfect, cozy illustrations, you know, that you see that's trending. And it's like, just she's laying there with her laptop and the cat's there, like a, like a lo-fi chill hop album cover. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's a very romanticized view of it. Usually my hair is a mess. I'm in pajamas. Um, yeah, and 
no, it's not a pretty picture, but thank you for imagining it is. That is a pretty picture to me. I don't know. I like people in like their element. I find that so like, I find that like a romantic image. <laughs> okay. I mean, I want to be like a cool writer, like go to the cafe, buy myself a drink. I'll like, you know, have mm-hmm. a candle burning. But yeah, that's just, I <laughs> gotta have the vibe I'm like a gremlin and so like I like to write (laughs) I am a little gremlin so like I like to write early in the morning like nobody's around and like just woke up with coffee and like no lights on I'm just sitting here like this and like Mm. I swear if anybody comes I'm like (laughs) like (laughs) scare the crap I just hiss that's and they know to me I think like I'm in bed in the early hours usually with like my husband's bath gown on like hair all over the place like just gross that sounds well. cozy but yeah. I mean yeah like I totally admit that I'm privileged like you know I don't have a family to take care of I mean Angela you have kids so that's why you need to wake mm-hmm. up early because it's when everyone else is asleep and I at a point in time I wasn't walking yet so it you know, like a lot of circumstances really allowed me to write. So yeah, that's something I'm very grateful for. No, but I and I think also, you're right. Okay. No, I was just gonna say, like, just writing in general, like for many of us, is this like amazing privilege, you know, and until you sell your books or are making money from it, um, it's kind of like a hobby, right? I mean, we it's part of our business, like we want it to be this this lifestyle but yeah like for right now for me it's a hobby so like finding the time is so important and Mm -hmm. and I am lucky to have like older kids and like a husband that's kind of scared of me so like they don't like (laughs) I love (laughs) that so like they'll leave me alone you know but like and it's such a privilege to have that where and I can't imagine having little ones and so I think we all like are kind of lucky in this sense where yeah. we can like get this time yeah and and just you kind of have to fight for it a lot of times especially now you know you're working and uh dating online a lot so like finding that <laughs> no that's what I was gonna say like it's 100% a privilege but don't sell yourselves short either because there's no doubt in my mind how much you both fight for it and how much work and like resilience it takes to actually write through like a pandemic and I'm I from memory Kyla weren't you in like hotel quarantine for ages when you were doing pitch wars oh yeah no yeah I was quarantining a hotel for two weeks not gonna lie that actually made things easier I mean it was like a nice hotel and you know like I had I didn't need to do any housework or whatever I didn't need to talk to anyone I could really just like concentrate so yeah Totally. That's pretty. I, yeah, I do remember watching that and being like, "Dang it! I wish I could do that." Like, I want to. Yeah, it was like a nice little retreat. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't. You're like you're forced to. It's not like oh, exactly. Sorry, guys. Like I can't. You know, but you're forced to. Yeah. Like, right. Um, writing retreat. Totally. <laughs> yeah. But I think it takes a positive mindset, like you girls, to make take advantage of that. I think there's plenty of people who, in that environment, would just be like this is bullshit. Like there's nothing to do. I don't feel like, you know, like, and fair enough, everyone would respond differently, but I think yeah. you can give yourselves a bit of a pat on the back too. <laughs> okay. Definitely. <laughs> is there a part of the process that you like struggle with or a part that you hate? Writing in general? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Wow. I mean, there are a lot of things I struggle with. Let me just list them out. I really, stru- I really struggle with like visualizing my characters. Like, it, I don't know. In my mind, they're just like faceless entities. They are like blobs of like flesh. That's all. I have no idea what they look like. I don't even know what their hair color is. I really have to force myself to be like, okay, let me think about it. Whereas I know for a lot of writers, like the character just like springs fully formed into their mind. And I am amazed by that. Mm-hmm. And also uh, it's such a struggle for me to coming up with names for my characters. Well, it's not a struggle. It's just that I honestly don't care. Like I know, <laughs> like I know there are writers who like, you know, go through like baby name books and they look up like Latin name origins and like so on and so forth. Like I didn't, I think I just looked over at my shelf. There were two books and then there were two authors. One was Timothy, one was Samantha. I was like, yeah, they sound good enough. They can be my character's <laughs> name. And that was it. 
And yeah, and they were only meant to be placeholder names, but they just ended up sticking. And I was like, wow, how did that happen? Um, another thing I really struggle with is writing romance. And I think that life experience, like I was 22 when I started writing The Fraud Squad, like how much romance do I really know? And that's why my book is like women's fiction. It's not like romance, romance. Like even when I'm writing it, I was like, oh, just let this end. I was like cringing inside the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I cannot write romance at all. So, oh, But see, I love every bit of like Sam- Samantha's and Timothy's like interactions. I'm like, okay, that's like, a really... No, you hit it. You hit okay, it right. Okay, that's and- so reassuring yeah. to me because you write like your books spicy so hot the chemistry is insane so okay the fact that you said that that makes me oh no well thank you for that but no i was like give me more give it all to me i love it and don't underestimate the power of like those little moments like i'm watching this k-drama at the moment hometown cha-cha-cha oh my gosh like the build-up to like a moment where they brush hands I feel that shit. Like, I'm going to tell you, there's like six episode build up when they finally brush hands. My, I am on fire because it's just like, that's part of the human. They experience. make you work for it. They really yeah. make you work oh, for it. Yeah. yeah. And I find it very realistic because I was like a pretty late bloomer. I didn't have my first kiss till I was 19. And so I remember the like pressure and the feeling that was like surrounding this, like you're just so aware of the presence of the person. Yeah. They walk into the room and the whole room lights up. Like it's really high stakes. And K-drama does that so well. So I don't think it always has to, I think it's like, it's nice to have both. It's nice to have that like fire, like throw me up against the wall fire, but also that slow burn, like kind of like I ate your porridge and then I glanced at your lips and now I'm on fire. (laughs) Oh my God. No, that was so good. And it makes me so sad. I'm like, wait, why am I on dating apps? Because you're not going to get a slow burn on dating apps, right? (laughs) You need to start handwriting little notes and... Yeah, I just saw like, somebody put that on Twitter today. She's like, I'm bringing one of my friends. Yeah. Cards. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name is Jen. Shout out to Jen. She like made business cards for herself. Yeah. And if she sees a cute guy, it's just like introducing herself. Like, hey, take a card. Genius. Yeah. It says like, smart. I thought you were cute if you thought I was giving me yeah. text or something. It's so adorable. And I like, love that. Yeah. yeah I wish cute. I had a courage to do that. I'm, I'm working up to it. Yeah. So, yeah, you could do like a just, book version, like leave little notes in your favorite books. Like if oh you like passage as much as I did, that is such a meet cute. Yeah, so Melanie, cute. you're romantic, Melanie. That's romantic. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, but not gonna lie, that's just not gonna happen with the tech girls in my area. Like first of all, I think all they read is self-help non-fiction books oh, or like God. biographies so of true. Steve Jobs and Elon <laughs> Musk or like how to build a startup 101 like oh my gosh that is like so dead on I can only yeah I can like I am not it. gonna have a meet cute like that with any of the tech girls it's just not gonna no. happen so yeah no. oh no you need to come a little more north come more north Northern California. If hometown cha-cha-cha is our measuring bar, you need to go to a small seaside town in Korea and make friends with all the old people and then you'll meet the love of your life. Okay, the moment the pandemic is over, that's where I'm going. (laughs) A small seaside town. Yeah. I mean, that's where it usually happens. So you might have to give it a try. I think it's worth a shot. (laughs) I'd like to know, like, what's next for you? Like, what are you... So you're working on revisions right now, and then then what happens from here? I actually have not started on revisions because I haven't gotten my edit letter yet. It's just okay. like a really busy time for publishers. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm going to get it soon. And once that happens, I'll start on revisions. But I'm also brainstorming ideas for my second book. Um, it has to be like in the same genre. So it has to be women's fiction. I don't really know what it's about yet. But I think I've pretty much decided that it's not going to be related to the Fraud Squad. So it's not going to be a sequel. It's not going to be a spinoff. I think for now, I'm happy just like keeping it as one book. But yeah, so that's what's next for me. And also, I just started a new job. So I think that's taking up a lot of my time. So writing is kind of taking a backseat, which yeah. is fine. You know, like it goes through ups and downs. And right now, it's kind of like a down phase. Yeah. Oh, and I think good. just knowing that life sometimes has to 
take, you know, the front seat and being okay with that. Not like putting the pressure on yourself of just like, oh, I got to do this. I got to keep writing when you have, I mean, you have life, you got to do your job. You have all these, you know, commitments. So I, yeah, yeah. Just like I always say, like giving yourself grace. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, not even at home. Well, yeah, you're in California. So there's a whole big adjustment there. That is true. I'm sorry. Just kidding. <laughs> Well, how I know um, we're right in the thick of pitch wars. Do you have any advice for pitch wars hopefuls? I know a lot of our listeners are going to be entering pitch wars this year. Yeah, well, first of all, do it. But I don't know if pitch wars will be like the registration minimum will have closed by the time this is out. But also, like, don't make the agents showcase like the end or be all of entering pitch wars. Like, I genuinely think that most people's books became stronger after entering pitch wars. And I think there is no such thing as wasted writing. Everything you write helps you get better as a writer. I like so strongly believe in that. And you learn how to revise. You learn how to like tear your book apart. You learn to be okay with acknowledging that what you have right now isn't good enough. And that you have to go back to the drawing board. Like that is emotionally daunting. But yeah, you learn to be okay with all those and also just live for the community. Like, it's crazy. I mean, Angela, I did not know you lived in California. We should have met up. Like, wait, yeah. how did I not know that? Surprise! Yeah, I was like, wait, okay. So, but, okay. So we have to meet up. And like I said, the community, I honestly think that's the best part of entering Pitch Wars, even more than, okay, I love my agents. I don't want to say even more than my agent. But yeah, the community, it's great. Really love it. Can you believe that we're all still friends? I honestly thought that Pitch Wars yeah. was going to die out like after the showcase and all that, but no. It just gets better. And st- I feel it like really it's does. a writing family. Like, I yeah. know it's kind of really cheesy, but I do. I'm just like, I feel like once you have this kind of community, you feel like you can actually make it in this industry. And it is yeah. a scary industry. And there's so many points along the way where you could give up because there's a lot of waiting and there's a lot of rejection. And, and what you said, I got shivers because it's just encouraging each other through those moments when yeah. it seems like something bad's happened or nothing's happened, but realizing it's just all part of it. Like that's yeah. not a signpost that you shouldn't be a writer if X, Y, Z happened, you know, it's just mm-hmm. leveling up constantly polishing it might need like 20 drafts but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean the book is bad you know and yeah totally this community has just been incredible in that way so I'm so yeah, glad like- you're part of our community thank you and so glad we're all part of it I just can't believe we just 40 minutes has gone past it's been an absolute delight chatting with you today yeah honestly a time just flew past it did not feel like 40 minutes at all I know so thank you for making the time to thank you for having me and I hope you'll come on again well let's have you on again when your book launches we can scream about it from the rooftops and that feels like so far away but yes I would love to yeah it'll come so fast it'll be right yeah pretty soon we're going to be celebrating your book cover and I just can't wait the fraud squad is an amazing book I just can't wait for everybody to get their hands on it and just to read all of your words from here thank you so so much that's really very sweet of course no thank you was that a being of a was that a goodbye being or was that that was my work it's it's... I was like (laughs) oh okay honestly the countdown on zoom always gives me so much anxiety it's like a missile countdown i'm just like it's happening it's happening happening. i was like i'll start winding up when i see a minute because i can always edit out the bit when it cuts off so if it cuts us off thank you so much it's been honestly the best and just nice to chat and cheer together yeah i mean i watch all your podcasts but honestly like just having this like be live like your accent, Mel and Angela. Oh my god! Like, oh. whoa, you guys are real, and you guys are like amazing. <laughs> so the incredible Kyla Zhao, such an honor to have her on. And honestly, I'm just so grateful for every guest we've had. And it's just she dropped some really beautiful, wisdomous writer writer journey truths that I know are going to resonate with a lot of our listeners because they resonate with me and 
it's it's nice to know that everybody kind of feels the same on this <laughs> this journey. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that's what's so amazing about like getting to chat with other writers on this podcast is kind of seeing no matter where you are at in your career, like at the baseline, we're all basically the same. Like we all just want to be creative and get our words out and write the best things we can. I just think our community has been, I'm like, I know I can go places because my people believe in me, you know, and that's powerful. Yes. You know, once yes. you find people like that. I I love it. I think it thank you for being on, my people on. too. I know. <laughs> it's so special. I love it. No, for sure. And I love that now like Kyla is a part of our special family and we <laughs> just chat with her because she's way cool. That sounded like kind of like <laughs> the bones are in the attic, Melanie. Kyla is part of our special family now. <laughs> She's with us now. You are born on Halloween. I know. <laughs> Something witchy this way comes. It is. It is me. And now Kyla has no choice. <laughs> She's one of us. <laughs> well, thank you to our listeners for joining us for another episode of The Publishing Persuasion. And I'm so glad I remembered. I, I want to open it up that if you have any questions you'd like to hear us discuss, and that is what I forgot. We did have a yes. question from one of our listeners this week or last week about how about aging the decision to age up a manuscript. So we'll quickly touch on that because I, as you know, Soul Swapped began as a YA and then I began to do a, a few queries and I just, I just, something was off. And, and then thinking about it, why did I age it up to adult? One of the main reasons for me was my protagonist was engaged. It, it was kind of a no brainer looking back that it wasn't going to quite hit the marketing it's hard to market a 19 year old who, and it does happen. And when I wrote it, that was, I was like, this happens. People get engaged young. Like, it, you know, there's a market for, and then I was like, but what's wrong? Why wouldn't you age it up? There's a bigger market for it in the adult market than yeah. YA. So that was one of my main reasons and kind of having the feedback from you girls as well and just being like this could totally like both you and para were kind of like this could totally be adult and then so grateful to have had court's eyes on it who's obviously been writing adult romance and like to know that it didn't sound too ya like it still was hitting that adult mark but what about you what because you also aged cinezile up from ya to adult yeah what was in it it's funny yeah, I think for me, because I always just assumed I was a young adult writer because yeah. the first book I wrote was completely YA. And so I think I just assumed that's just my lane. And I love um, like the upper YA kind of like crossover. Yes. Um, but really like it was, it should have probably never been a young adult novel. <laughs> like it was, it should have always <laughs> been an adult fantasy and um and I just but I just assumed like oh they yeah. could be that upper YA crossover mm -hmm. like I figured that was where it fit and and it really could fit in that like crossover area because Definitely. my characters are basically like you know 19 to like mid-20s yeah. um and so it was kind of in that like awkward that awkward stage and so mm -hmm. I just figured YA is so popular like that's where I want to go and and it's funny because as soon as I started to query one agent who I was like oh if I could like she was a dream agent and um she had my full and she kind of read through it and she said um you know I'm gonna pass she's a young adult uh, agent I'm gonna pass but if you get through this first batch of queries and don't find an agent, um, consider bumping it up to adult. Really? And so, yeah, which I thought, I didn't know that. no, 
no you know I was like really resistant against it yes. young adult is so popular that it's kind of like that's where everyone's at like that's where you see yeah. all these amazing books and um but then as um I finally found my agent and we started going through revisions she kind of pretty much brought it up I mean it was already planted in my head but yeah. she brought it up was just like why don't we um, she was just like, I was just, just thinking about this book and I think we need to just kind of like go full, like, let's bump it up. Let's add even like more heat to it. And let's, yeah, you um, did. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's, yeah, that's where we went. And it honestly, it made so much more sense because they really aren't young adults. Like yeah. they're adults that are younger, but they are not young adults like they were not in that same kind of you know totally. that wasn't where they were at in their lives at this point like you know yeah. so that's where it went and it makes more sense I agree and I think like I totally understand that initial there's kind of a beautiful community around YA and once you start to identify as a YA author and like I know for me I was told my writing voice is very YA so then I was like oh well I'm YA so then you think that possibly it's not your genre but the adult books that I do read are are very voicey do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like I think that it's this conception that adult books are long and boring and I think it's becoming I think in general books are getting more voicier. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know for sure, but I just feel like the books I'm picking up now that are holding my attention, even like I've said that before about, you know, how I love my K drama, but even though that's technically adult, it feels very YA pacing wise, high stakes, strong voice. And I mean, just across the board, I feel like that's always what's going to sell. But I would advise that, like, if you're going to make a decision to age it up, I would not have made that call myself, you know, for our listeners listening. That was because I had several trusted people, you girls, just being like, yes, this could really work as an adult book. And and then just even still, I did through um, Manuscript Academy, I got remember I got Linda Camacho to look over it and yeah and for me that was another touchstone of like is this fitting the mark so I would recommend doing something like that as well if you're not sure you know the people you're bouncing off are in that genre or if they're able to give you that feedback but yeah it's yeah. just one of those things you have to feel out I think and absolutely yeah feel out and like what you said get advice and yeah. and kind of and go with it and go with your gut always. Um, and, you know, and be open and be open to the idea of maybe I should, and not just always being like, no, nope, I am young adult. That is it. Cause that's how I always thought. And I was like, no, like just get with the program. This is where it's supposed to be. But no, I, and now that I'm like a kind of like more trying to do more adult like fantasy um, novels, I'm having so much fun and I'm finding yes. like even just reading more of a adult fantasy or just adult contemporary whatever it is like it's it's a really great genre and I think we've just been missing out because young adult is so strong and there's so many amazing young adult novels and the pacing I think like you said yeah. to me has always been like if I'm not like on the edge of my seat I don't want to really read it yeah. and but I think adult is getting there for sure it and is I getting love it. there it's there yes. I think I, it, yes. I think it's there I just haven't been tapping into it because I didn't realize that adult was like stepping up its game and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know really I love it. it yeah and it gives it for me it gives me everything I need in the book because, you know, we get a little bit of the yay, a little bit of the, you know, and the action too. So it's. I'm, What's I'm the yay, it. Angela? Please, please explain the, the yay. <laughs> you know. Am I going to need know. to R-rate this? <laughs> yeah. I know what you're doing with that pen, girl, but I <laughs> <laughs> oh 
So thank you to our listener. I should have, I'm sorry, I should have checked her name. Thank you for that question. And yeah, please do, if you want some, something for us to discuss or there's a burning question you have, we're happy to answer questions. Yes, that's awesome. I love that idea. We're yes. going to start doing that every episode because that's I fun. agree. So as yeah. always, you can find both of us on Instagram. We, we pretty much live there. Uh, I'm at <laughs> Melanie underscore Schubert underscore Ryder. Yes, and I am at Angela Montoya Writes, and we will put all of Kyla's information on our um, Instagram account of, of Pub Persuasion. So definitely check out everything about her. Find her on Twitter because I know she's on there a lot, yeah. and Instagram, and she's just she on is Instagram, just a star. Kyla J Zhao Z Perfect A O. So yeah, come find. Yeah. Her. Come hang out and join the conversation and the writing community. And until next time, when we have my pitch was 2020 mentor, the amazing RT Bessam. Like I, I feel like 40 minutes is not going to be enough for all the genius that is rolled into that amazing human. And oh yeah, yeah. she has a lot of pots on the stove, so it's going to be. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited because I don't, I, I, her artwork is crazy. She did artwork for you. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to chat with her and pick her brain just about everything. <laughs> yeah, she's a genius. So tune cool. in next week and subscribe if you haven't already. And always tag us in your post because we love it. Yes. And that's it. We'll see you next time for joining us. We'll see you guys next time.